1 Corinthians 15. Paul writes, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also, which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. I appreciate Paul's words. It's at the end of a letter to a church that was pretty messed up. Um, had a lot of stuff going on in it. And it seems when he got to the end, um, he kind of reminded them of a couple things. Now, um, oftentimes in coaching, and, and I'll hear it sometimes on TV when they interview coaches at halftime or players, maybe at the end, end of the game, um, and they'll say something along the lines of, you know what, as you went through the game, you, you need to remember who you are. Don't, don't forget all the work you've put into here, and, and, and just remember who you are. In other words, each coach team wants to create a culture and an identity, an identity of who they are. So when they play a particular game, they play according to that identity and not, not try to be something they're not. And when a coach says that to a team, he's saying, remember who you are. He's, they're trying to say there's characteristics of what we've just done, whether it be the first half or whenever, that, aren't, uh, that don't model who we are. They don't model who we practice to be. They're not who we want to be. And so remember who you are. And I kind of get that's where Paul's going here. As he talks to the church, he says in verse 1, this gospel which I preached to you, which you received, in which you also stand. Remember who you are. You're people of the gospel. Don't forget it. And he goes on to explain the gospel very clear. Matter of fact, he said, For I delivered to you as a first importance. Or this is the first thing. Paul says, This is what you stand in. Don't forget who you are. Paul reminds this church that's the gospel in which they stand. You're a people of the gospel, a people who stand on the finished work of Jesus Christ, which we just read in Romans 3. We're people who stand on Christ, who find forgiveness and hope in his death as a payment for our sin and his resurrection, which conquered death. We're people of the gospel. We stand on the gospel, which means good news. And of course, to really celebrate good news, we need to recognize there's really bad news. <laughs> really bad news. God created us to enjoy relationship with him forever. A relationship that would thrill our soul. But in mankind's rebellion, we decided to try to do our, ourselves and try to uh, fill up with other stuff. And we rebelled against God. God looked down and, and saw helpless humanity. Humanity like a, a gerbil on a wheel, trying all we can to get back to God. And in our helpless estate, Christ came. Carried our sin. Paid a price we could not we could not pay and made us righteous before God through his death and resurrection. That's who we are. We're people of the gospel. Remember who you are. And when we stand on the gospel, some things take place. One, we look back. 
We look back in remembrance of Christ with reverence and gratitude for all he's done. And as people of the gospel, we celebrate communion because it, it reminds us of that very thing. Maybe you haven't thought about communion this way. Communion reminds us of who we are. We're people of the gospel. Together we stand, as Paul used the word, in which you also stand. All other ground sinking sand. It's the gospel in which we stand. And so look back. Remember the relationship which God purchased for you. You know, if you went home tomorrow, or got home tomorrow, and you went in the mail, and you saw a letter that said, your mortgage has been completely paid. Who here wouldn't be a little psyched? You'd be like, yeah, okay, no mortgage, completely paid. Well, guess what? Your sin, the debt you owe, completely paid. That's the gospel in which we stand. So when you look back, remember the price that's been paid for you. That's good news to those who trust in Christ and his death as payment. People of gospel look back with gratitude. We also look ahead. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, when we celebrate communion, we proclaim Christ's death until he comes. So we look ahead. We share together in remembering and celebrating Christ. And together as we stand in the gospel, we proclaim what he's done for us. We are heralds. That's what evangels are, heralds. There are those who hold out the good news. And so we look ahead that Elam would be known as a people of the gospel. Churches can be known by many things, but we want to be what Paul encourages us to be, people of the gospel, because that's who we are. So remember who you are. As we come to communion, let's remember who we are. We're people of the gospel. And so we look back and we look ahead to one day when our Savior will return, and, but we also call to look within. Do you know that no matter how long you've been a believer, you need Jesus as much as you did that first day? I'm amazed that the longer I become a Christian, it seems like I realize the more I need the Savior and that my sin just doesn't go away. Um, I'm in desperate need of a Savior. And we need to look within whenever we come before Christ, whether it be on Monday morning prayer or Sunday in the communion table. We need to look within. We need to see if there's anything that is in the way of our relationship and fellowship with Christ. And maybe some of you, as you come and look within this morning, you say, there's never been a time in my life where I transferred my trust from my works to Christ's work on Calvary. You've never done that. And you can do that today. But it starts by looking within and saying, what is my heart attached to? What is it my heart really desires? And we answer those questions as we look within. Is there anything you need to repent of? Paul says to not approach communion and not repent is to dishonor the body of Christ. So look within. Let's come confessing, receiving the cleansing and forgiveness Christ provides. And you probably can, uh, you probably testified to many times you've come in despair and confused and hopeless and seemingly overcome by your sin and you in your seat right there had an experience with God and you received cleansing. That's good stuff. 
when we come to communion, we remember who we are. We're people of the gospel. So look back, certainly, at what Christ has done. Look ahead. It's what our future holds, eternal life with Christ. Look within and say, God, how, what's going on inside? Is there anything hindering my fellowship with you? Or do I know you even? Look within. After we do those three things, there's a fourth thing we forget. And we can't miss it in the Gospels because whenever we're told about communion, there's a corporate aspect to it. That's the model. God's people would come together. So as we look back and we look forward and we look within, we also need to look around. Because there's that community aspect that we stand together. It's our corporate identity. We're a people of the gospel. He saved us. He brought us into his family. And there's this togetherness part of who we are. And I hope you're glad this morning for that togetherness, that you're part of the people of God. And this morning, as we come to community as the people of God, as we come to communion, standing together on the good news, I want to invite you to spend some time there and look back with gratitude, reverence, and worship of what Christ has done for you. Look forward. Forward to that day we'll get to spend eternity with him. And forward to these days that are coming up that you and I would be heralds, proclaimers of this good news to people. And look within. What's going on in your heart? Is there anything you need to repent of? Any sin you need to confess? Do that. That's how you celebrate communion. If you're, if you're at a place in your life, you're like, yeah, I, I'm saved, but I'm not quite ready to let go of some of this, then, then you should not take communion. That's to dishonor what we celebrate. Or maybe you hear this morning and say, you know, I've never transferred trust to Christ. I've never trusted in what Christ has done for me. And I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. Well, that's good, you're honest. That's where it starts. God rewards honest seekers. But you should pass the communion plate until you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ. Because this is what communion celebrates. It, it celebrates those who've entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ by trusting in the message of Christ, the gospel. And so I want to allow you some time to do that. I'm going to have some of the elders come up, and we're going to allow you some time, and we'll pass the bread together, and we'll share that together. And then likewise, we'll do the same with the cup. Why don't you spend some time with the Lord right now and bow in prayer?